and welcome to Wedge Issues, a politics podcast from the Cap Times. I'm Jesse O'Poyan, our Capitol Bureau Chief. And I'm Jack Kelly, a politics reporter with the Cap Times. Just over a month from now, Wisconsin voters will cast their ballots for the next justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. The race pits Milwaukee County Judge Janet Protasiewicz against former state Supreme Court Justice Daniel Kelly. The race, which has already become the most expensive judicial contest in American history, will determine whether conservatives or liberals have a majority on the court. We sat down with Judge Protasiewicz, the race's liberal candidate, this week to talk about the election and her judicial philosophy. Here's our conversation with Janet Protasiewicz. Judge Janet Protasiewicz, thank you very much for joining Wedge Issues. How are you? I'm good. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. We are, are just over a month out from Election Day. In your mind, what are the stakes of this race? I don't think the stakes of this race could be any higher. And that is not any type of exaggeration. Everything that we care about is on the line. And not just the issues that are going to come before the next Supreme Court, but getting away from the extreme partisanship. You know, we need to bring change back to our court. We need to bring common sense back to our court. And then when you look at the issues, really everything's on the line. How do you define your judicial philosophy? My judicial philosophy has been the same, you know, as long as I've been a judge. You know, everybody gets treated fairly. There's no thumb on the scale one way or the other. You always supply the law. And I'll tell you this, as a circuit court judge, sometimes there's laws I don't like. You apply those laws, whether you like them or not. Your decisions are rooted in law. Everybody's treated with fairness and respect who comes in front of your court. And how's your life experience prepared you to serve on the state Supreme Court? I've had a long and varied life experience, I'll tell you that. And everything that I've had, I've worked for and I've worked very hard for, you know, and I think that in retrospect, that's a really good thing. You know, those years waitressing, those years working my way through undergrad, everything that I've done, I think has really incredibly prepared me for this role. You know, my work in the district attorney's office, you know, trying to help victims, trying to uphold the laws, trying to hold accountable people that have committed some of the most violent and egregious crimes in our communities. So I think it's been a long journey that has well prepared me for this role. You know, the race has already broken the record for the most expensive judicial contest in American history. What does that tell you about this race? Well, it tells me just how high the stakes are and just how invested people are in this race. And, you know, everywhere I go, it is really remarkable to me. We have so many people coming to events. You know, I was in Barnevold at their library for an event, and it was snowing out, and it was cold out, and they opened the library for a meet and greet before the library was open to the public, and it was full of people. We were in Mineral Point, and it was snowing, and it was full of people. I was in Hudson this weekend, full of people. Bayfield, you know, Superior. Actually, Ashland, not Bayfield. I would have liked to have gone to Bayfield. <laughs> Every place we're going, so many people are turning out, which is telling me that people care very, very deeply about our beautiful state and that they recognize how high the stakes are. At a candidate forum in, in January, you said that the Wisconsin Supreme Court should establish a recusal rule. What should that rule look like? Well, I think the public really should take a major role in determining exactly what that rule looks like. You know, I wasn't necessarily, and I think I pointed out at that forum as well, concerned about what the individual limit donations are. What I'm really concerned about are the, you know, tens of thousands and millions of dollars coming in from outside groups. And if that in fact happens, should you really stay in a case or not? 
My proposal would be that we have a public hearing, that the public weigh in and mm -hmm. come up with what they think is a fair amount of a contribution before a justice recuses himself or herself. Why should everyday people care about something like a recusal rule? It seems a little like inside baseball. Why is it important that the court establish something like that? You know, it seems inside baseball when you use the term recusal rule. When you use the term fair, independent, and impartial, I think it connotes a totally different meaning to people. And I don't think people necessarily understood how much money gets poured into these races by outside interests. And people want a Supreme Court that's fair. They want a Supreme Court that is independent. They want a Supreme Court with integrity. They want all of that. So sometimes it takes a little explanation as to exactly what the recusal rule is, but people are very much on board with it. I can tell you it's one of the issues that I hear about on a regular basis from people around the whole state. Wisconsin's abortion ban, which dates back to 1849, is, is being challenged. It's currently in Dane County Circuit Court. Have you reviewed that specific case? I have not reviewed that specific case, and I've been very careful with my you know, remarks and my comments as to make sure that people understand what my personal value is. My personal value is women's reproductive rights are up to a female to make that decision going forward. I have been very careful, very careful to indicate that any decision that I make on that 1849 abortion ban will be based on the law. Understandably, you know, people probably have a hard time separating your personal beliefs with the law and how you apply it. Can you walk us through, for a voter who's got concerns about that, your thought process on how you would approach an issue where you feel really strongly personally about it, but are considering the law? So I'd say this. I think that everybody knows that anybody running for any type of office you know, has their own personal opinions and their own personal values. And the question is, do you want to hide those opinions and those values from the public? Or are they entitled to know what your personal feelings are? I mean, we've all got them, right? So the question is, do we hide them or do we let the public know? And I think the public has an absolute right to know what the values are of a person they're considering electing to our state's highest court. So I say that at the outset. You know, rather than hiding behind kind of this hazy curtain where you just say, I'm going to follow the law, you know, I mean, let's get real here and talk to the electorate about what our real values are. But what my real values are and what's going to happen on a case can be two different things, right? I mean, you follow the law, you look at the case law, you look at the statutes, you look at the Constitution, and you follow where, you know, it leads you. You said at that same candidate forum, that the state Supreme Court made the wrong decision about a challenge to the state's legislative voting district, starting with its least change approach. Do you see a legal avenue for the court to reconsider those maps? So I was very clear at the forum when I thought about those maps and what I think about our incredibly gerrymandered state. I would anticipate that I would enjoy taking a fresh look at the gerrymandering question. You know, how and if it will come to the court is a completely different question. You know, obviously somebody would have to bring the litigation and the Supreme Court would have to agree to hear the case. I don't know how it would be fashioned. I don't know what the legal arguments would be, but I would anticipate that at some point we'll be looking at those maps. You've said the maps are rigged. Would you recuse yourself if, if such a case came to the court? Why or why not? 
I would not recuse myself. I think anybody with any sense knows our maps are rigged. <laughs> we have amongst the most gerrymandered maps in the entire country. I have told people, I don't think you can sell to any rational person that our maps are fair. You know, you look at the hard-fought races that we have in the state of Wisconsin. We're a battleground state, right? Whether you're red, whether you're blue, we're a battleground state. The state just elected Governor Evers and Senator Johnson on the same ballot. The state just elected Josh Call, but elected a Republican state treasurer. We're a battleground state. And then you look at the makeup of the state assembly and the makeup of the state senate and the amount of seats that are red, and you just look at it and you know it's not fair. As it is a battleground state, what role do you potentially see the court playing in the next presidential election? Well, I have been very clear when I've been going around the state and when I've been talking to people that I think that it is probably likely, maybe even more than likely, maybe even probable, that the results of the 2024 presidential election will come in front of our Supreme Court chamber. The results of the 2020 election came in front of our Supreme Court chamber. And by one vote, you know, by one vote, the election results in the state of Wisconsin were upheld. So do I think it's going to come back? I think it's likely. Are you surprised at all? It seems that the state Supreme Court have been asked to weigh in on many, many election-related issues in recent years that they weren't always asked about in, in previous decades, you know, on ballot drop boxes, of course, the legislative maps, we had the presidential election. Are you surprised at how often the high court get involved, gets involved with election administration in Wisconsin? I'm not. You know, the stakes are so high. Um, the state seems to have such partisan opinions on each side. And I think it's pretty clear to me that there has been an overt attempt to thwart voters' ability to cast their ballot. So that is one of the main reasons that I got into this race, because I truly believe that our democracy is on the line. We're supposed to have a representative democracy. And far-right extremists want to take that away from people, want to take it away. Big picture question. What do you believe are the most important qualities in a judge? fair, independent, not an extremist. You know, I'm a common sense judge. I was a common sense prosecutor. I don't believe in all that extremism. I don't believe in that hyper-partisanship. I believe in being independent, you know, following the law and getting to the right answer. Break that down a little further for us. When you say you're a common sense judge and you were a common sense prosecutor, what does that mean? You want me to define common sense? Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> you know, so when I talk about common sense, I talk about the lack, really, the lack of extremism. And, you know, Wisconsin has been subjected to an incredible amount of extremism. And, you know, people are so tired of that. You know, when I go out and I talk to people, they tell me, we want integrity back. We don't want to feel like our justice on the Supreme Court is doing the bidding of one party or another. We don't want it to feel like there's a thumb on the scale. We want somebody who comes in and, you know, reviews the law and makes a decision, you know, to the best of their ability. We want independence. You know, people talk about, you know, the different branches of government and they say, we want the judiciary to be different. <laughs> we want it to be esteemed. We want it to be respected. We want to feel like when we walk into that chamber, we're going to be treated fairly. And that's not how people are feeling. 
What would you say sets you apart most from your opponent? Many, many, many things set me apart from my opponent. Let's just start with my history. I worked for the district attorney's office in Milwaukee for 25 years, you know, protecting victims, upholding people's rights, trying to keep our community safe. And I've worked as a judge. My entire career has been rooted in my community. My entire career I've had really one client, and that's the people of the state of Wisconsin. And to do the best I can for the people of the state of Wisconsin. My opponent is an extremist. You look at that 1849 abortion ban, I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you 100% if Dan Kelly is elected, that 1849 abortion ban will stay on the books. I can guarantee you 100%. And we kind of go back to, you know, a question you asked earlier about really does the public have the right, should you really be sharing what your personal values are in a case? So you can take my opponent who won't tell you what his personal values are, but you can figure them out by looking at who's endorsed his race. I looked at the Wisconsin Right to Lives website and he's endorsed and they indicate they endorse the candidate who has pledged, they use the word pledged, pledged, promised, to really uphold what their values are. So you know, you've got that layer in between when you talk about him. You've got somebody who was touring the state on a quote unquote election integrity tour and I say quote unquote with, of all people, really, Michael Gableman. He's been employed by the Republican Party. Most recently, I think it's been reported, he received over $100,000 in compensation from the Republican Party. You're dealing with an uber extremist. That's what you're dealing with, with my opponent, who doesn't have the type of experience that I have. Before we transition into the fun part, you mentioned earlier you've been out on the trail, you've been in all corners of the state, and you talked a little bit about some of the things that you hear from voters, but are there other concerns, other things that you're hearing from voters about why this race matters to them? What is stunning me about touring the state is how many people are turning out at every single venue. And I told somebody I would love to think that they were turning out to see me. They're turning out because they care so much about our really beautiful state and they care about you know every issue that's going to come in front of the court. They are very, very concerned about the maps. They are very concerned about women's reproductive rights. They're very concerned about the 2024 presidential election. They're very, very concerned about the environment. They're very concerned about marriage equality. They are concerned about a number of issues that they believe that if my opponent is elected, that those issues will be you know, way pushed to the side. We're talking with Judge Janet Protosiewicz. We've also invited her opponent, former Justice Daniel Kelly, to join us in an upcoming episode. More to come. Wedge Issues is sponsored by Leopold's Books Bar Cafe, Madison's bookstore for night owls, serving craft cocktails, locally roasted coffee, and desserts every day from morning till midnight. More information at leopoldsmadison.com. Okay, are you ready for the lightning rounds? Okay, I'm going to try. Okay. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. For starters, what is your favorite Wisconsin beer? I like the Summer Shandy, the Lining Kugel. Yes. I get a lot of shade for liking the Summer Shandy, but I like it. I started drinking it at Brewer Games. It's a perfect beer for a Brewer Game. It's a perfect beer for a Brewer Game, and I just love it. What's the most ridiculous way someone has pronounced your last name? 
oh my gosh, every single way possible. And then they leave me voicemails on my home phone telling me that I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. What? All the time. <laughs> All the time. But hopefully the ad will help, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, the ad, I think the ad has been helping. What's your favorite knickknack or family heirloom or, or tchotchke that you own? Oh my goodness, that's a very interesting question. I think we have our, I'll go back to my baseball, my baseball autograph books. Going back to when I was a kid, my brother and I and my mother would be out in the parking lot of the old county stadium collecting those baseball autographs. And I still have them. You're spending a lot of time in the car these days. What song or artist are you listening to right now? Um, right now, Chris Stapleton. Bucks in how many games? Six. If you've had a long day on the road at work, whatever, what comfort food do you crave? Anything breaded and deep fried. <laughs> <laughs> Virtually anything breaded and deep fried. It's unfortunate. <laughs> What's your favorite sandwich? Oh, let's see. My favorite sandwich is probably the McDonald's Big Mac with extra special sauce and take out that superfluous piece of extra bread in the middle. Okay. <laughs> Conviction. <laughs> <laughs> Try ordering that through the drive-thru. <laughs> so I have to say, I maybe should rethink that, given the amount of butter burgers I've been consuming on the road. <laughs> Lots of them every week, several of them. That is the Wisconsin answer, right? That is the very Wisconsin <laughs> answer. Thank you, farmers. <laughs> I believe you have a dog. Do you have any other pets? Can you tell us about? I have Cisco, and Cisco is my big baby boy. I actually saw somebody walking him in Phoenix a number of years ago, and I stopped the person and asked her if I could have her dog because I fell in love with that dog at first sight. I, that dog now lives with us. <laughs> he was in training to be a seeing eye dog. About a year later, she contacted me indicating he's been exited out of the program, actually flunked out of the program. And so we flew to Phoenix and drove him home on the old Route 66. Oh, what kind of dog is he? A big German Shepherd. Oh, that's amazing. Yep. He is beautiful. Are you reading anything not work-related right now? I'm not reading anything not work-related, and I haven't for a year. <laughs> I will be soon. If you could, what would you look forward to reading? I like murder mysteries. You mentioned this already, but have you ever asked someone for their autograph, and who was it? Oh, I used to collect autographs of all those brewers, so I have, you know, all of those autograph books. I think maybe one of my most prized autographs is Reggie Jackson. Mm, okay. Okay, last one. What's your favorite Wisconsin cheese? It's a good smoked Gouda. Very good. All right, Judge Janet Protosewitz, thank you so much for joining us for Wedge Issues. Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our show is sponsored by Leopold's Books Bar Cafe and edited by Haley Bowers. Our intro music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. We'll have new episodes every other week. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and tell a friend. And if you haven't already, sign up for Wedge Issues, the newsletter, at captimes.com newsletters. I'm Jessie O'Poyan. Thanks for listening. <laughs>